Welcome to the Artificial Intelligence Podcast with your host, Dr. Tony Huang. I talk anything and everything that has to do with AI, ML, and data science. People who sign up for Coco, an online emotional support chat service, anticipate exchanging messages with an unidentified volunteer. They can get assistance for almost anything. A type of free digital shoulder to lean on, it can be used to ask for relationship advice, talking about their depression, or discussing other issues. However, the mental health care that a small number of people experienced wasn't fully human. Instead, it was enhanced by robots. In an experiment conducted by Coco in October, GPT-3, a recently popular artificial intelligence chatbot, composed responses. Although people were still pressing the buttons to transmit the responses, and could change them. Humans weren't necessarily the ones who wrote them. According to Coco co-founder Robert Morris, some 4,000 people received comments from Coco that were at least partially produced by AI. Since he announced it a week ago, the experiment on the tiny, obscure platform has erupted into a controversy that may be a sign of more moral disputes to come as AI technology permeates more consumer goods and healthcare services. According to Morris in an interview with NBC News, GPT-3 is frequently both quick and expressive, so he decided it was a good idea to give it a shot. The GPT-3 responses that were co-authored received much higher ratings from those who saw them than those that were written entirely by humans. The advantages of the enhanced writing, however, were lost as soon as people realized the messages were jointly written by a machine. On January 6th, he posted the experiment's findings to Twitter where he received a barrage of negative feedback. He was accused of acting unethically and manipulating people into being test subjects without their knowledge or consent when they were in a vulnerable position and in need of mental health help. The number of views on his Twitter thread exceeded 8 million. Of course, the people who sent the AI written messages understood whether they had written or altered them. However, all that was displayed to recipients was a message that says, someone replied to your post. Without elaborating on the bot's function, Morris posts in a video demonstration of GPT-3 responding to a person who expressed difficulty becoming a better person. I hear you, said the chatbot. It's challenging to try to change yourself into a better person. Making changes in our life is challenging, especially when we attempt to do so on our own. However, you are not alone. Morris stated the only way to withdraw from the experiment was to not look through the response at all. He responded, if you received a message, you might decide to skip it and not read it. Leslie Wolf, a research ethics expert and law professor at Georgia State University, expressed concern over how little Coco disclosed to users about the use of artificial intelligence in her responses. When we exploit individuals who are vulnerable, it won't go over well, she added. This is an organization that is attempting to provide much needed support in a mental health crisis when we don't have the resources to meet the needs. In particular, she warned that prejudiced or thoughtless material produced by the AI that is non-evaluated could make already distressed people feel much worse. As a result of its decision, Coco is now on the defense and questions are being raised once more about how casually the digital industry sometimes treats ordinary people like lab rats, particularly as more internet businesses enter the health-related services market. Following the exposure of disastrous studies like the Tuskegee syphilis study, in which government researchers injected syphilis into hundreds of black Americans who went untreated and occasionally died. Congress demanded the regulation of some testing involving human beings. As a result, while conducting studies involving human beings, universities and other organizations that receive government funding are required to adhere to strict guidelines 
that are upheld by organizations known as Institutional Review Boards, or IRBs. However, in general, there are no such legal requirements for for-profit businesses or private organizations that do not receive funding from the federal government and do not seek FDA approval. Morris stated that no federal cash had been given to COCO. Alex John London, the director of the Center for Ethics and Policy at Carnegie Mellon University, and the author of a book on research ethics said in an email that people are frequently astonished to hear that there are actually rules particularly governing research with humans in the U.S. According to him, even if an organization is not compelled to go through an IRB review, it should in order to lower risks. He stated that he was interested in learning what precautions Coco made to make sure that study subjects were not the most vulnerable users in extreme psychological crisis. According to Morris, people at higher risk are constantly referred to crisis lines and other resources, and Coco actively monitored the reactions when the function was live. Morris claimed in an email sent that Coco was now exploring methods to establish up a third-party IRB mechanism to examine product changes after this article was published. He claimed he wanted to go beyond the norm for the sector and inspire other NGOs and services with what is achievable. Tech businesses have a history of abusing the absence of oversight. Facebook stated in 2014 that it had conducted a psychological study involving 689,000 people that demonstrated how it might influence the news feed to cause good or negative emotions. Although Facebook, now known as Meta, issued an apology and revised its internal review procedure, it also claimed that users should have been aware of the possibility of such experiments by reading Facebook's terms of service. This assertion confused those outside the company because so few users actually comprehend the agreements they enter into with platforms like Facebook. However, despite the uproar over the Facebook study, no changes to federal law or policy were made to ensure that all trials involving human subjects were subject to scrutiny. Coco is not Facebook with its enormous user base and income. Coco is a nonprofit platform. It's a peer-to-peer -peer support service, not an attempt to replace licensed therapists, and it's only accessible through other platforms like Tumblr and Discord not as a standalone software. According to Morris, Coco has roughly 10,000 volunteers and helps about 1,000 people every day. The overarching goal of his studies, he added, is to discover ways to assist anyone experiencing mental discomfort online. Despite the fact that the prevalence of depressive symptoms has increased due to the coronavirus pandemic, there is a scarcity of specialists nationwide who are equipped to offer mental health support. Morris explained that they were encouraging people to write one other brief words of hope in a secure setting. However, the issue of whether participants provided informed permission to the experiment has drawn the attention of critics. Professor Camille Nebecker of the UC San Diego, who focuses in human research ethics as they relate to developing technology, claimed that Coco put those looking for assistance at needless danger. A discussion of the potential risks and benefits in plain, uncomplicated language is the bare minimum required for a research subject to give their informed permission, she said. For conventional research, she asserted, informed permission is crucial. It's a cornerstone of ethical behaviors, but without the need to do it, the public may be put in danger. She pointed out that the potential for prejudice in AI has also frightened many. Additionally, chatbots are still a relatively new technology, even though they are widely used in industries like customer care. This month, ChatGPT, a bot created using GPT-3 technology, was prohibited from use on school equipment, 
and networks by New York City schools. Nebecker added, we are in the Wild West. The lack of norms and agreement over the regulations of the road is simply too unsafe. Some mobile medical apps that the FDA deems to fit the definition of a medical device, such as one that aids users in their efforts to overcome opioid addiction, are subject to regulation. However, not all apps fall within that criteria, and the government provided advice to businesses in September to assist them distinguish between the two. An FDA official told NBC News in a statement that while the agency does not comment, on specific businesses, some apps that offer digital therapy may be regarded as medical devices. Other organizations are struggling with how to use AI in health-related domains in the absence of official control. In October, Google and the Hastings Institute, a nonprofit research center and think tank focused on bioethics, organized a health bioethics summit in response to concerns about Google's handling of AI ethics. One of the six guiding principles for the development an application of AI that the World Health Organization released in June includes informed consent. Morris claimed that although COCO has a panel of mental health professionals that advise the company on its policies, there is no formal procedure for them to approve prospective trials. It wouldn't be realistic for the advisory board to undertake a review each time COCO's product team sought to introduce a new feature or test a concept. According to Steven Schuler, a member of the board and a psychology professor at UC Irvine, he highlighted the need for a public discussion regarding private sector research.